government-mandated podcast is made possible by an order from the federal government. A proprietary blend of 42 herbs and spices, the answer to everything. And listeners like you. So we've been thinking about going out of town recently. That's yeah. something we've talked about for summers. Yes. For summertime, good times, vacations times. Right. Go it somewhere in the hot weather so that we can be uncomfortable in it Oh, with other humans. Oh, yeah. I will be uh, sticky sweet from my head down to my feet. <laughs> All the sugar will have been poured yes. on me. That's what, that's what the people want, RJ. I don't think that's what anyone wants right now. <laughs> I think it's what you want. Uh, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Um, uh, but I was thinking about that. Yes. And how if we went out of town, we'd have to stay at, you know, a hotel or right. motel or possibly, or a, holiday possibly a Holiday Inn. Yes. yes. I mean, those are the only three options. Yes. Hotel of any sort, motel of any sort, Holiday Inn of any sort. Well... I think that brings it all back around to sugar. That's as the Sugar Hill gang had informed us. So mm, that's true. Uh, but I'll pretend I, was... I knew that before. <laughs> uh, and and also, of the places there are to stay, we said hotel, mm-hmm. motel, eight Holiday Inn. Yes. Uh, Holiday Inn. There's also Days Inn. Right. There's also Nights Inn. Nights Inn. And I got to thinking about Nights Inn in particular. I've right. never stated it in Nights Inn. K-N-I-G-H-T? Yeah, but Nights Inn... Apostrophe is. Nights Inn is kind of bullshit, right? Well, the one near our home is definitely like the trashiest um, hotel, motel, holiday inn near our home. I'm, I'm just speaking of, you know, their gimmick. Like, their gimmick's kind of bullshit, right? They're not... Like, other than having sort of a castle in their logo, it's right. not like you walk in That's and it's... That's true. They don't... Full-on medieval well, times. okay. The one near our home, they kind of do like a faux tutor thing where they've got like the uh, kind of, what is it called? Brick and wattle? I don't know. But the, where they've got that kind of white plaster looking side with like exposed timbers on the side of the building that's all fake. You know, yeah. and some like fake tutor looking like woodwork. Well, I guess that's a step, but I'm just saying you I assume can't... that's what they're calling night. Yeah. Well, you can't go in and get like a continental mutton... No. Or uh, make the bellhop joust the uh, bellman for your amusement. That's no. that's what I want from a knight's inn. Is what I'm saying. Right. You want you want like the medieval times, but with a like hotel wing attached. Exactly. Why wouldn't you? That, that just sounds seems... like that sounds like a fucking business dream. Yeah. If you're like a medieval times, if you're a medieval times franchise owner, can I suggest attaching a wing of rooms for people to stay in? to the side of your establishment. I think that would bring in some big, big dollars. And get this, armor rental services on the premises. Right. Right. So you can try it on so that you can fall down and make your kids laugh. (laughs) Try try before you buy. Yeah. Before you you decide to throw away your life of uh, accounting, uh, you can try the night's life before a night. Yeah, you can try the night's life or... For an additional fee, you can actually try the surf's life, and you can just <laughs> help the other knights put their put their food in their belly. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never you can, been. You can die at the at the ripe old age of twenty five. <laughs> 
I've never been to a medieval times and there's not a, an insignificant portion of me that's like, I would fucking go to a medieval times, even though it's probably like not that cool, but you really want to go see some dudes just while I eat like a whole leg of a turkey or some shit. I, I think it would be sweet. I will only go if they let me bring in uh, a lighter so that I can light it. And they're like, oh, what <laughs> sorcery is this? <laughs> Don't act like people didn't know about like fucking uh, flint and iron back then. Well, that's true. But this is such a uh, miniaturized. This is such a miniaturized version of yes, that. Yes. A self-contained thing. Yes. They don't. They don't. They're not aware of miniaturization, and they're also <laughs> not aware of this uh, strange sorcerer portrayed on the side of my lighter. By which I mean Joe Camel. Oh yes, yes. The uh, the the medieval sorcerer Joe Camel. Yes. They would fear his Moorish ways. <laughs> And he, and we'll they think would about say, it hey, is he a Muslim? <laughs> they will think about this, too. They've never seen sunglasses. They've never seen cool shades. Maybe They've not. never seen leather jackets. That no. would kind of kick they off. They certainly haven't seen a man who is a camel. No. A well, camel man. Right. Well, that's the part that's like sorcerer. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, what's going on? But he could also kick off some sweet new fashion trends. That's true. You could get like biker culture kicked <laughs> off a little bit earlier. It could be like horse bikers. If if the medieval times was actually some sort of time travel portal instead of what it is and a bunch of like out of work actors like <laughs> uh, kind of jousting at each other, kind of jousting. Yes, they just they just ride towards one another and they're like, and then they stop and then they look at each other and say, ah, "Your mom's fat," <laughs> and one of them falls off. Now, a yo mama dis so devastating yeah. that you just fall yeah. off your horse. Yeah, I would watch that. That would be pretty sweet. Like a like a medieval rap battle or something. Yeah, medieval rap battles of medievalry. Yes, that would be pretty sweet. Copyright pending. There you go. TM, TM, TM. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> so that's a great business idea, but I think that's going to do it for a government-mandated podcast this week. I know I did this last week. RJ, wait. RJ, wait. Huh? What, huh? I have to tell you a very important story. All right, fine. We'll keep going, but only because you have a really good story. It's a, It's important. A Western Union delivery man came up to me while I was standing in the pouring rain. He came up to me and said, I have a letter for you. A letter? I said. For me? That's impossible. Who the hell are you? And he told me that he was from Western Union. And he told me that they'd had that envelope in their possession for 70 years. 70 years? I said. 70 (laughs) years, 2 months, 12 days to be exact. Then he gave me the envelope. I opened it up. And I glanced at the signature. It's from the doc, I said. And, then, <laughs> and as I continued to read, Dear Rayanne, if my calculations are correct, you will receive this letter right after you saw the DeLorean struck by lightning. First, let me assure you that I am alive and well. But second, let me warn you, should you stop podcasting now, life as we know it will cease to exist. So that's why we have to podcast, RJ. Because Doc Brown sent me a letter from the past from the future. Well, that's a pretty important reason, so yippee-ki-yay, mother, <laughs> mother podcast. This is episode eight of Government Mandated Podcast, and Government Mandated Podcast is a podcast being made to avoid jail time, mm-hmm. and because a cowboy wizard from the past has yes. told us that we must do so. Mm-hmm. That sounds completely accurate and not made of and not a movie. Definitely not a movie. No, no, we invented Doc Brown over here, right? Right. 
TM, 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 my property. I also invented Dr. Mud and (laughs) Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. Worm? Oh, well, no. That was They Might Be Giants. I'm not... I'm pretty good, but I'm no genius. A worm that plays the drums? I can't just come up with those ideas. Uh, Good morning. How are you? I'm Dr. Worm. (laughs) I'm interested in things. Some things. RJ, what haven't you been telling me this week? Um... Well, Ran, I I know a lot of people talk about these sort of things and nobody wants to hear about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've got you here trapped, I thought I might as well just go ahead and hold you hostage and talk to you about a dream I had last night. Oh, please tell me about your dream you had. Yeah. Well, this is a dream I had a few nights ago, but okay. it was so vivid that I had to write it down. <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh, man, that's too good. Got to save it for the podcast. Clearly, that's what we do with everything now. <laughs> We've stopped having real conversations. <laughs> I know we just we just sit in our chairs beside one another, stare off into space. Yes, and say things like, mm, "I was warm today. Be warm again tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had this dream, and in it, you were there, of course, and you were there, and you were there, and you were a lion, and you were a tin man. No, mm-hmm. um, and you were there too, scarecrow. Yes, and you were the bravest one of all. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, you were there, and you and I were robbing people's houses. Of of course we were. Yes, we were. were, Noted thieves. (laughs) We were were quasi-professional thieves. Awesome. Only we weren't stealing anything that people would want to steal, like normal people would want to steal. We were stealing only the nerdiest shit. (laughs) Okay, so we were bopping into people's houses. We were taking their like, uh, well, well, in their the children's dream, action figures. Well, the, it's funny you should bring up action figures because that's one of the things I remember most vividly <laughs> is we were stealing action figures from a guy, and we were specifically stealing his collection of Krillin action figures, <laughs> Krillin from Dragon Ball Z. We were stealing all his Krillins. I feel like this was a personally motivated robbery for you, RJ. Well, yeah, that's Krillin. Krillin going back has he's been my boy for a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. And I always catch crap about my Krillin love from uh You should not. From friends and online communities the world over. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with Krillin. But yes, he's we, comedic relief. And well, yeah, that's what I thought. Like in a show that's so serious and so full of like squinty <laughs> yellies. <serious. laughs> yeah. Full of squinty yells. Yeah. Krillin's there to be like, oh my god, I'm so over this, you guys. <laughs> yeah, and he's bald and he's short, so he looks like a child. And sort of a monk. Yeah, sort of, when, it, when it's convenient for him. Right. But yeah, we were stealing Krillin action figures <laughs> of vintage video games. Oh. And we were doing real good until the guy got back and caught us in the act. Oh, no. And what that's all he... I remember. That's it. That's like, when you woke up, and when he was when about to punish us. Yeah, he was standing over me in the bedroom. <laughs> and then he, and then oh, he this, launched. And this then is he, like a harsh turn. And then he solar flared me. And while I was, <laughs> and while I was grabbing my eyes afterwards, he shot a Kamehameha right into my dick. Right into your dick. That guy. What a real heel he was. <laughs> I like that he happened to have a house just chock full of your current obsessions. By oh, the way, dude, like it was crazy. <laughs> like we were, and and I can remember vividly um, the the figs that he had in the bin, and there were ones that I'm convinced don't even exist in real life. <laughs> like my imagination was just uh-huh. playing fill in the uh-huh. gaps. I can like, see that. 
Like one of them was Krillin with like big, crazy, muscly arms and a mullet. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I don't think that exists. Where did this come from? <laughs> I don't think that exists. <laughs> All right, so I really should invest in a dream catcher. I uh-huh. think that much has been established, but I wanted to ask you, what haven't you been telling me? Well, here's what I haven't been telling you. And I'm going to file this under the heading, Fast Food Confessions. <gasps> All right, so I have a confession to make to the world. And I know y'all are going to judge me, but too bad. World, I love the Doritos Locos Taco. <laughs> um, Hey, Rayanne? Yes. I-, I knew this about you. I, I know that you knew, but there's more. Okay. I was thinking about Doritos Locos Tacos this week. <laughs> <laughs> we thinking about it. Yeah, you know, thinking... Maybe I should go to Dor- maybe I should go to Doritos for lunch. Maybe I should go to Taco Bell for lunch, and get a Doritos Locos Taco for my lunch break food. And keep, I you keep Doritos Locos Tacos in your thoughts and prayers. Yes, if you say Doritos Locos Tacos enough times, it starts to lose any meaning as words, and it starts to just come out of your mouth as a series of syllables. And if you say it three times in the mirror with mm. the lights off, it appears <laughs> behind you and it gets you pregnant with a, a near beef baby. I, I, I think that's what's up. So while I was thinking about the Doritos Locos Taco, I started thinking about why I like them. And I know that they're trash food and I know that they're bad for you. And I know that they're not anything close to real authentic Mexican food. Although to be fair, if you're expecting authentic from either the Doritos brand or the Taco Bell brand. You're expecting the wrong fucking shit. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, they remind me specifically of a food that I had in my younger days. Oh, oh, I I know where this is going. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes, you can guess. You're going to talk about taco salad in a bag. Yes, taco salad in a bag. Oh, husband knows his wife. (laughs) Points for him. Uh, For those of you who do not know, uh, when I was in high school, I was in the marching band, which meant I had to go to all the football games. And you and they, you were extremely cool. Uh, yes. Being in the band was definitely the coolest thing. And being at all the football games, for me, who loves football, I do not love football, was clearly the most fun thing about high school for me. Yes. I, I know that you're not a big fan of football. In fact, I know you're so much not a fan of football that in our time together- Uh-huh. I have tried to make you understand downs. Yeah. Do you know, I sat through four <laughs> four years of sitting in the stands at every goddamn football game, having dudes who were in the band who enjoyed football try to explain it to me, and I just fucking tune that shit out because it's immediately uninteresting to me. I know, I know, I know I'm a garbage person for trying to mansplain downs <laughs> to you, but... I'm convinced I'm convinced it's you can you can do it, Rayanne. It's not that I can't understand, it's that I'm choosing not to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the best thing about the home games, though, was that our at our concession stand, they would make you something called taco salad in a bag. Which would be you take a bag of Doritos, a single serve bag of Doritos, you put in it hot taco meat, you put in shredded lettuce. <laughs> hot taco meat was my porn name. <laughs> RJ Hot Taco Meat <laughs> Kreiner. He's he's almost meat. <laughs> almost, but not quite. But not quite. Well, it was much better than my previous name, which was Pink Slime Kreiner. Ew. I don't want to think about Pink Slime. It ruins everything. Okay, sorry. All right. Hot taco meat. Sour cream. Salsa. Shredded cheese. Shredded lettuce. 
if I didn't say that already. So you put all those things in a single serve Doritos bag. You squish the Doritos with your hand so that they are crumbled. Yes, and so that the Doritos can feel your power right. and know that they are beholden to you. That's right. You want to tell them who the boss is, and the boss <laughs> is you. The boss is you, girl, playing the clarinet in your high school's marching band. Well, and also Angela. Right. She was the boss before any of you. Some people think it was Tony. It was Angela. It I was don't. definitely Angela. That's what people say, but I don't know. No, I never watched no. the show. See, I this never is, watched this the is... show. <laughs> you took that shit back to your seat, and you ate it trying not to get it on your white band uniform jacket. And it was it was so fucking good, in my opinion. Maybe the white trashiest of foods, but I loved it. Well, it can't be that white trash. You are sitting across from a man who confessed just a few weeks back his complete and total devotion to the McRib. <laughs> not like love, but like cult-like devotion. Like, you should have had me in all white because I'm in a cult, and that cult is the McRib. So right. I can relate to this. It's true. You saying. were talking just the other day about how you much you love the McRib. Yes. That's my fast food confession. It made me reminisce about high school. It made me think about the um, the stand tune we weren't supposed to play. What? Oh, no, no. You're not getting by <laughs> without talking about the stand tune. Uh, it's not really. Con- it's a stand tune, so there's no words. It's not like it was like too so, body. So why are we? Oh, okay. See, <laughs> I assumed like... The trumpets themselves, when you played the right notes in the right order, it just sounded like it was saying, like, I don't know. It's kind of like with a calculator. If yeah. you turn it upside down and you put in 8008-13, like, if you put it upside down, it looked like it would say boobies. Can y'all hear, feel my disgust? Like, it would be like that. Ah. If you just blowed into the oboe the right way with the right series of notes, it would just be like, boobies, 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 boobies. You can't play the oboe during marching band, RJ. <laughs> Can you not? Well, I mean, it would be difficult because, it, you know, the oboe is a is an instrument with a delicate little mouthpiece. Mm. You'd be going through some fucking reeds is what I'm saying. <laughs> so anyway, there's this, the, short, the short version of the story is there's a stand tune that the coach of the football team, I think, thought was bad luck. So we were not allowed to play it. Oh, okay. Was this was this stand tune called Walk Under the Ladder, Black Cat? What was the name of this? It, it was called Ain't Been Good. All right. And with that, I think we ought to go to a commercial. Yeah, commercials sound good. I like products. Do you like products? I love products. I am an American and I love products. Yeah. Goodbye, honey. Goodbye, dear. Have a good day at work. I've already dropped off the kids and started the pot roast for tonight. Honestly, babe. I don't know how you do it. Is that fucker gone? Good. Hey, fellow stay-at-home moms, we all know that sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day, right? Hell, it's downright exhausting to keep up with everything that's expected of you in this new age of Pinterest moms. I used to be just like you, until I discovered Hell Satan brand all-purpose wipes. Got a pesky stain? Hell Satan! We'll blot that out with brimstone blasting power. Got a rival mom at the PTA meeting? Feral Satan! Wipes will smother that bitch in her sleep and leave her smelling springtime fresh. Stubborn bathroom smells got you down? Feral Satan! Wipes will conjure a horde of shit demons that will live under your floorboards, consuming your family's waste as they make it. So remember, When you want to be the star of your family's morning and the most beautiful angel in your summoning circle of friends, reach for Hell Satan! Brand all-purpose wipes. 
Harold Sorkin. A subsidy of no one. And we're back from Commerceville, the best place to generate revenue for an ever-burgeoning economy. Mm-hmm. All the land is zoned commercial. That's right. Um, so I think, Rayanne, you've got right now a few books for me to judge by their cover. I do. No. Our, no, by it's their by title. their title. By their title, right? I was going to correct you, uh. but you corrected yourself. I'm Ha-ha. very proud of you. Ha-ha. Good no, job. No Gold need, stars. No need to woman-splain. <laughs> That's a thing, right? Um, Maybe if you're talking about a lady's body, but then the men don't listen to you anyway. <laughs> anyway. Or say, ew, gross. No, don't tell ew, me. gross. Don't tell me about your Luna cup. <laughs> Yeah, RJ, I do have some books for you to judge by their title. Let's judge a book by its title. All right, so uh, how does this game work in case somebody hasn't listened to the show before or they don't understand that this segment is named exactly what it is? It's it's like, you can figure it out, buddy. Come on. Here's the deal. I go to some sort of online book repository. In this case, this week, it was audible.com. I went to their genre pages, and I went to the least popular books in some of those genres, and I picked some that I thought sounded funny, either in title or in description. I'm going to give RJ the title, and he's going to tell me what he thinks the book is about, and then I'm going to read the description, and it's going to be funny! This sounds like something I will excel at, because I, I don't know if you know this about me, but the Dewey Decimal System was named after me. Your name's not Dewey. Oh, my middle name is. My middle name is actually Dewey. Richard Arthur Dewey Kreiner? Yeah, Richard Arthur Dewey Kreiner. <laughs> of, of, of the decimal Deweys. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to kick this fucker off? Uh, let's do it, Surly Ran. <laughs> RJ, tell me about The Crucible 3. The Crucible 3. All right. Uh, this book is in which... Three copies of the book, The Crucible, <laughs> right. are, are actually layered one after the other on top of one another uh-huh. in, into a single binding. Uh, but you'd think it would come like one copy of The Crucible and then another copy so mm-hmm. that you could just turn the pages and read the same story three times. Yeah. Nope. They're all just kind of intermingled. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and the big thing is it's like a Da Vinci Code sort of situation where you have to... It, it's sort of a logic puzzle where you have right, to figure right. out. It's one of those avant-garde, like, book destruction reassembly projects that you hear so much about. Right, exactly. You have to ud- you have to utilize your best parts of your brain, mm-hmm. your best brain part. Can you figure out this story, dum-dum? I, I can and I have. And let me tell you, Rand, mm-hmm. the, the Crucible times three. Mm-hmm when combined together, is a confusing mishmash of alphabet soup. Uh-huh. That, uh, this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it was fun for the whole family, though, because yeah. I read confusing passages to Zizi, mm-hmm. and she just stared at me blankly, which is weird, because usually... She never does that. Yeah, you usually she's such a bibliophile, so... <laughs> Zizi loves to be read, too, if I know anything about her. Okay, so what's what's this book really about? Engage the ruling fist of the Galactic Empire in a fierce battle alongside the Spencer family. <laughs> what? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Real quick. Yes. Before you get too into this. Yes. You've got the, the, the ruling fist of the Galactic Empire. I know, Empire. very intense. 
and the Spencer family. Yeah, they're just like, you know, Swiss family Robinson out there, I guess. Who's going to side with the Spencer family? One uh, side sounds much cooler than the other. I mean, unless you're against all things wholesome, RJ. Well, I am. I think that's been established by my love of <laughs> Joe Camel and Dream Thievery. This final epic battle among the stars engages the Fog Pirates and the Council of Twelve. <laughs> the Fog Pirates are yeah. pirates that can only exist when the condensation level is <laughs> particularly high that day. Right. But let's think for a minute. Let's think for a minute. This is supposedly taking place in motherfucking space, right? Where's the goddamn yeah. fog coming from? <laughs> Share with us the surprising secret of how the Spencer family set themselves free in this epic adventure. That's, uh, they set themselves free from the sexual repression of the Galactic Empire. I think so. You know, they, the Council of Twelve is really into, like, some kinky-ass shit. Well, see, I, I figured it was the opposite. Like, this was some straight-up, like, Scarlet Letter-type stuff, and the oh. Spencer family was like, nah, man, we gotta be free. Let me take these robes <laughs> off. I gotta be, like, sky-clad, man. That's the only way I can live. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. I got to lay down on this border that is all four of the galactic quadrants and make <laughs> sweet, sweet love on top uh, of it. Blast your way through the cannibal fog pirates into the <laughs> valley of stars known as the Crucible and clash with the evil Council of Twelve. Please keep this surprising and most secret ending close to your chest. <laughs> Don't tell it's, nobody. Yeah, nobody wanted to log on to Twitter on Sunday night because they were worried <laughs> about Crucible 3 spoilers. They're like, oh, man. No, no, I got to shut me. down the internet, man. They're going to Crucible 3 ruin everything. Yeah, don't tell me about those fog pirates. I hear they're coming back to life this season. <laughs> I hear a bunch of people are going to uh, make really cheesy, terrible memes out of it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be... Uh, going to be mm -hmm. impossible to be online it's it'll just be the worst okay that book sounds amazing mm -hmm. but uh what what else do you have what's book number two well rj this for this book i would like you to tell me about the tarrant rose the tarrant rose yes the tarrant rose okay the tarrant rose is a book about an aristocratic gentleman uh-huh who goes around the countryside just giving the business to everybody. <laughs> well, you know my track record with these books, so that's a pretty good guess. Like he shows up to a fishmonger stand. <laughs> a fishmonger stand. He's like, oi, man, these fish ain't no fresh. <laughs> that's how aristocrats talk, right? I think so. And then she's like, oh, so I got the fresh ones in the back where we yeah. keep the hot chickens. The hot chickens there, too. <laughs> Why don't you come back with me to the back of my stall, good sir? Okay, so after he's finished with the fishmonger's stand. Right. That's moves... over quickly, let's well, be yeah. honest. Uh, yeah, because he's got, he's got bigger targets. He's got, he's bigger, got fish. bigger fish to fry, as it were. <laughs> he turns his sights onto those in power. Uh-huh. And since this book is set in a sort of steampunk universe. Right, of course it is. He turns his scopes on big dirigible. Mm -hmm. Big Dirigible's really been holding the little people down this yeah. whole time. He's not taking any more of their floaty, <laughs> hydrogen-based shit, mm -hmm. and now he's he's going to set some fires, and he's going to make some shit happen. He's going to burn this 
fucker down. And people are going to be saying, oh, the humanity. <laughs> well, RJ, you were not right. Was I not? You were not right. Oh, shame. Let me tell you about the real book, The Tarrant Rose. Raven-haired Sophia knew him as Philip Rich, a poor relative of the Earl of Rame. Okay, is a raven-haired person mm-hmm. ever not a sex object in a book? Go. Uh, no, never. Yeah, I never. don't think that's the case. Like, because if you would not call them raven-haired unless you wanted to fuck them, if you didn't want to fuck them, you would say they had greasy black hair. Yeah, which is weird because like, I've never seen a bird of any kind just sitting on a perch and going <laughs> like, "That's a real fuckable bird." Well, this raven's got that glossy feathers. You know? Yeah. Well, I've. Ne- <sighs> Here's the thing, Ray. Mm-hmm. You might not know this because of the lack of penis and all that. Right. But uh I don't have one. Yeah. Good catch, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I've but, been hiding that from myself and my family for years. But having your penis grasped in a bird talon does not <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't it doesn't sound awesome. It doesn't sound awesome. I can't speak from experience Fair though. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's not like a birdhouse with its little like peg for birds to like latch on to. It's not like that. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's much spongier than that. <laughs> and she knew that he awakened in her a craving that her betrothed, <laughs> Sir John Blad- Bladden, could not satisfy. So Sir John Bladden just did not have any Doritos Locos Tacos on him. No, he did not. No. Plus... Bladden. Could you name a character more like, you don't like him, Bladden? <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a oh, gross guy. Well, I gotta go to the bathroom. My name's John Bladden. <laughs> but she was pledged to the wealthy Sir John in order to save her beloved Tarrant Hall. Ah, okay. So the Tarrant is uh, is the character's name in this book. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's not something they ever do in any of these books, so <laughs> I'm glad to see they're thinking outside the box. So she scorned Philip's love only to discover to her horror that he was in reality the famous Earl himself. Oh shit. She just had great expectations mm-hmm. that were dashed <laughs> on the rocks of a Moby Dick. A Moby Dick. I don't know. I'm I'm talking about <laughs> books. I know a lot about books. And now the Earl has vowed to humble Sophia and to avenge his honor. His vengeance involves Sophia, her aunt Nan, her rash brother, Jasper, in the dangerous plots of the royal pretender, and in the intrigue of the luxurious courts of George II. Yes, so he's going to take her in front of the luxurious courts and humble her. Yeah, that's definitely how it reads to me. Yes. That is absolutely how it reads to me. He's going to take her in front of the courts and be like, Listen up, honey. <laughs> Let me tell you a little something about Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's very important to my childhood. Wait. This is not about <laughs> there being all women in it. I just don't think that it looks very good. I just think it looks like an abortion of a I movie. I can't That's understand jokes if a vagina tells them. No. Okay. RJ, we got the last book. On the book train, on the book cart today. Oh, I do like a book caboose. RJ, tell me about The Watchers. All right, The Watchers, because it's very important that who watches The Watchers. Mm-hmm. They might have made a comic about it. Uh, no, you, you'd think it was uh, 
sort of the source material for that. Mm -hmm. But this one is completely about a group of timepiece crafting mice. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, and this is the origin story of Roquefort DuPont. Oh, shit. Making an appearance second week in a row. Roquefort DuPont, back to cause some fucking mayhem (laughs) in the cheese world. But yes, this is the origin story of Roquefort DuPont, a simple uh, rat watchmaker Uh who just wanted to get everywhere on time. So he was obsessed. Wait, go on. Yeah, he was obsessed with crafting a perfect timepiece. But... Is this the origin story of... um... No, it's not the origin story of the Clock King from Batman the Animated Series. Okay, I was just going to say... It sounds an awful lot like it. No, but one day he was late to cheese work. Cheese work? Yeah. Cheesemongery, you mean? No, he wasn't selling cheese. Don't be ridiculous. He was making cheese. So he was was cheese crafting like a beast. By the way, I am not yes-anding anything today. No, you're just shutting me down. I'm just going, no, and. (laughs) No, this is my idea. Stay off of it. Yeah, I'm a monster. No, Um, go on. So he was late one day to his job at cheese crafting. cheese crafting and he was making his watches on the side and he- <laughs> a man of very interest and he was and he was mouse and he was a cheese maker <laughs> and this is like when uh okay. Kilana used to tell us stories when she was younger yeah it is so he was late one day to his job at cheese crafting mm-hmm. only to find out that he'd been replaced by a much younger much more attractive <gasps> mouse oh shit how did a mouse get a rat's job that's not right that's not right yeah that's hard working rats want to keep their jobs yeah this is just affirmative action run them (laughs) up and so (laughs) he adopted his villainous persona of roquefort dupont cheese and chemical baron Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm because he would steal the secret recipe for the cheese that he was making. He's like, Lace the- it with a number of poisons, which were only poisonous to mice, his most hated enemy. He's like, what up, Velveeta? I'm going to make you even more terrible. We will stop this podcast right now. I don't uh, like Velveeta. I, well, I know you don't, but I, I don't think I'll be able to handle it. I'll start crying on mic <laughs> right now. You know I love garbage cheese. All right, all right, all right. Um. So... What's the book actually about? I've uh, rambled enough. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the actual book. The Watchers. One of the most fascinating and interesting ancient texts is the book of Genesis. It's not a myth or the corruption of a primitive <laughs> truth handed down by tradition, but rather the authentic record of fallen angels and giants. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is one of these fallen giants Uatu the Watcher? <laughs> It should be. Yeah, I know. Well, he he would have just recorded this. Yeah, he's not allowed to interfere. He would have just recorded these <laughs> completely real, not made up events. <laughs> he would have been like, "All right, check it out. We got a flood. We got a snake. <laughs> we got a guy killing a giant with a tiny rock. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Moving on." <laughs> Genesis is shrouded in mystery and belongs to the age of pyramids and other great wonders of the world. Genesis provides evidence matching the information found in tales, folklore, and traditions of many cultures around the world. Okay, just realized. Genesis doesn't have all those Bible stories that I just referenced a minute ago. No, most of those were in Exodus, I believe. Yeah, okay, so I kind of fucked up on that, but... 
is so funny. Yeah. Don't at me, Christian fundamentalists. Don't I know you me. listen to this. Yeah, I know you listen to this. God's not real. Um, <laughs> Genesis tells us of a race of Nephilim giants that were fathered by the Watchers. But every every fantasy or uh, other world author just creamed their genes so fucking hard <laughs> the day they discovered the word Nephilim. Oh my god, it's in everything. Oh, it's so it's is. so like over and done. Come on now, it's 2016. It's not 1996. You can't get away with that. Like it's something cool and interesting now. It's the Illuminati of, oh my. of biblical lore. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck the Illuminati. I'm yeah. sick of your assholes and I'm sick of your eyeball pyramids. Yes. The Illuminati is never cool unless you show up briefly in Gargoyles because Greg Weissman is a visionary. Right. Gargoyles RJ's always life. spreading its pro-Gargoyles propaganda on our podcast. <laughs> Strangely and interestingly for our generations, the Lord declares that this conspiracy of evil is to re- be repeated before his return. He's he just doesn't learn his lessons, does he? Like he's like, well, you know, I'm gonna touch this stove, and then a few <laughs> minutes later, I'll go ahead and touch. What it again. this is saying is that the Watchers are gonna come back and bang some fucking Earth chicks and make more Nephilim. Oh hell yeah, I'm into some Nephilim. Good for them. <laughs> Consequently, it is important from the standpoint of both understanding history and our future that we understand the events of Genesis. I understand the events of Genesis. I went through Green Hill Zone, <laughs> and I did not speak up, for I was not a robot squirrel. This analysis offers clear and concise answers to every major dilemma within Genesis, while staunchly defending the authority of the scripture. You know, where it says the Watchers came down and banged some earth broads and made a race of giant Nephilim. Yes, this sounds like a real case of wanting to have your sky cake and eat it too. We must not approach this coming apocalypse unaware or unarmed. Surprisingly, the secrets and clues for our survival are found in Genesis. Okay, see, I thought that was going to take a weird turn there for a minute when they were talking nope. about being unarmed. They were like, and that's when the Nephilim grabbed a big automatic assault <laughs> rifle and decided to make an assault on God. Nope. This is just a book that takes the Bible literally as if it were real things. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That, that never leads to anything bad ever. <laughs> well, RJ, I'm done telling you about books. I think we ought to go to commercial now. Law of the Land action playset. Wow, Janie, is that the new Law of the Land action playset? Uh, sure is. Now we can play all our favorite court decisions that lay the backbone for our democracy. Law of the Land action playset is this court's decision that everyone gets to have guns all the time. You get a gun, and you get a gun. Yay! No regulations on death dealers! Law of the Land action playset Yeah, I'm a lawmaker. What, you want to take me to lunch? That sounds yummy! You're welcome, law person. Now that we're friends, maybe you can make laws that benefit my business. Sure thing. Lobbying's the best. Law of the Land action playset. I want to know who's pooping in which bathroom. But wait! Isn't it none of your fucking business what's between anyone's legs? Um, it, it's about the kids. It, it's definitely about the kids. 
Yay! Training rights of oppressed people for a false sense of security that is, in truth, only the thinnest veil over our transphobia! Whoa. This shit just got real. Law the land, action, place it! And we're back, and we have completely sold out now that we've put commercials in our show. Mm-hmm. Which we've never had before. Nope. Now we're fucking sellouts. And you can tell me that our first album was good, but after we fucking sold out, we sucked balls, man. <laughs> so I've got a little game for you, Rayan. Yeah. Uh, we might have done this one or seven <laughs> other times. Uh, and this game is called Know Your Google. Now, I've had a relationship with Google far longer than you've had one with me. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you are tied into all of its many algorithms, and yes. I expect you to know every bit as much as Google knows, I'm right? I'm just a plug-and-play baby. You can load that shit in my brain, and I know it all. And since this is our eighth episode, mm-hmm. uh, I went ahead and made today's theme the number eight. Ooh. Because eight is such a, a strangely and weirdly significant number, I feel like. So I went ahead, and the first thing I did is I searched... Just just the word eight in Google. Okay. And under uh, the definitions for eight, uh-huh. there's a very strange... More than seven, less than nine. Right. It actually has a very strange sort of definition for okay. the number eight. Which one of the following things is not part of the definition of eight? <laughs> okay. Equivalent to the product of two and four. All right. Four squared... One more than seven, or two <laughs> less than ten. Um, I'm gonna say four squared is not one of the definitions. You're correct. Yeah, I'm not putting much faith in the fact that I would know basic math. Oh no, no. Well, I I think of you as ma- a bit of a mathematician. I'm a math magician, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, because uh, four squared is is sixteen. I, I thought it was that I yes. did. I did honestly, truly. If I'm telling you the truth from my heart, I was trying to use my math skills to figure that one out. Well, I'd say you did it successfully. So now, uh, watch out, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Ran is fucking coming for you. Can I tell you a story about eight? The number eight. Absolutely. Okay. So as you know, in Japanese. Uh, the letter, the letter eight, the number eight is said uh, hachi. Mm-hmm. I do know this from the like half a year of Japanese I took. Right. When I was in high school, a lot of these stories go to high school. We had a uh, computer, and I got on there and I downloaded these calculators that were made uh, uh, with the Gundam Wing characters on them. <laughs> of course, you did. Yes, and when you press the buttons, they would say the number in Japanese, and um. The best one was the Wufei skin, because you could switch which Gundam Wing pilot you had. And he would say, instead of saying, like, Hachi, he would say, Hachi! And yell it really loud. <laughs> and that's my story about the number eight. And how cool you were in high school. This has been a really good week <laughs> for Cool Kid Confessions, a mm-hmm. segment that I am... 100 percent sure that i we're guarantee pick up you in the future. kathleen nell just lost her shit about that story <laughs> so next up mm-hmm. in know your google eight edition yes the number eight has a great deal uh, of many ties uh, especially in anything that says octo right right 
the Greek eight prefix. Right. And uh, with that in mind, I searched October Sky, (laughs) a movie set in our very own home state of West Virginia. Oh, don't act like I don't know that shit. Uh, I thought you might. They told us about it in school. They were like, this movie's set here. You have to watch it now. (laughs) They do that a lot when you live in West Virginia. Yeah. If anything's set here, it's automatically great. Like, yeah. you have to we watch We Are it. Marshall came out and everybody lost their goddamn mind. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> um, so, October Sky, which would have been prime high school for us. It's 1999 mm-hmm. the film mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, right to me. Yeah. Now, in the film, it's, it's about a coal miner's son who becomes, uh, or becomes obsessed with rocket Rockets. engineering. Yep. The main character's name is Homer. Mm-hmm. Now, who is Homer from West Virginia played by? Oh, man. That's some shit. I don't know. Is it a name I know? Is it a real person? Yeah, it's a real authentic person. <laughs> As opposed to one of those robo-actors. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. What actor who is the brother of another famous actress mm-hmm. played a West Virginia coal miner's son? I'm going to say Jake Gyllenhaal. It is Jake Gyllenhaal. Motherfucking. Well motherfucking well A. Well done. Well done. Jake Homer Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I honestly didn't know that was him. I didn't get it until you gave me the hint. I do wonder, though, when it comes to roles that haunt actors for the rest <laughs> of their career, do people ever walk up to Jake Gyllenhaal and give him a shout out in the street and just be like, hey, hey, there's my guy Homer. <laughs> I love how you set off those rockets in the West Virginia in a movie, man. I'm just saying, like, the guy who plays Jamie Lannister, like, you know people <laughs> walk up to him and they're like, Jamie Lannister. I'm sure. I bet he's like, he gets people walking up off the street and like, why do you got to fuck your sister, Jamie? Yeah. And he's like, that's my character. Why you got to build those rockets, Homer? <laughs> and also, why you got to fuck your sister? <laughs> Oh, that's bad. I shouldn't laugh at that. You just made an incest joke about West Virginia. We have to get a divorce now. (laughs) It's true. That's the bylaws. Okay. So we're going to move on now to the next in Know Your Google Mm -hmm. 8 edition. 8. We have the octopus. Yes. The octopus, of course, is a creature with eight arms, Mm -hmm. which is- uh, They can open jars. They can change colors. Oh, yeah. They're crazy smart. Mm Mm-hmm. But which one of the following is not a real type of octopus? The blanket octopus. Okay. The Dumbo octopus. Okay. The enter octopus. Hmm. Or the blue spotted octopus. Okay. Okay. Here's some shit. I know that the Dumbo octopus is absolutely a real thing. It's got big old fucking fins on its head that look like Dumbo ears. Hence the name. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say... That blue spot might be one, but I thought it was blue ring, but that might be like an interchangeable name. The other two, I'm not sure about. D- blanket? Uh, yes, the blanket octopus and, and the, the enter, enter octopus. The enter octopus. Like, as in to come into the building? As in to just walk up in the club, like, what up? <laughs> I'm going to say that the enter octopus is not real because that sounds like 
like the name of a song. Like you were thinking of Enter Sandman and you just took out Sandman and put in <laughs> Octopus. That would be a fair assessment of me. There's as too many I've, Octopodes here. As I've had a little bit of uh, Metallica on the brain since mm-hmm. we watched the X-Men Apocalypse movie the other day. <laughs> and they, they played. And they played Four the Horsemen. And RJ was so fucking pissed the rest of the day about this. <laughs> it was so on the nose. They were like, hey, we're gathering the Four Horsemen. Which song should we play? Well, how about Metallica's Four Horsemen? All right, Gary, that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're very smart and subtle. Um, I'm sorry, but the Enter Octopus is in fact a real type of octopus. In fact, I would dare say Enter Octopus is sort of standard octopus. Like okay, when you think basic of, octopus. Yeah, when you think of an octopus in your head. <laughs> No, the uh, the Enter Octopus is real. Of course, you knew the Dumbo oct- mm-hmm. Octopus is uh, mm-hmm. real. The Blanket Octopus is also real. The Blue Spotted Octopus. You were octopus, trying to trick me with that shit. I 100% was. Ah. It see, is, I almost picked that. It is a I blue, almost... and you had it right. It was a blue ringed octopus, I know not a blue a, spotted. I, I know a small amount about Octopodes. Yes, especially that you know the correct yeah, Greek I'm trying plural. To, I am trying to really push that home so that everyone knows how smart I am. I yes. hope you all know that I'm smart and I am very self-conscious about it. There's a reason you hang around me all the time. Oh. All right, Rand. So next up in the Know Your Google uh-huh. 8 edition, uh-huh. because I did octopus, I thought, why not do octopussy? Of course. Why not? The James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. This is a Roger Moore era James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Now, what what are your thoughts about Bond? What do you? What are my thoughts about Bond? Yeah, specifically uh, Roger Moore Bond. Do you do you? Have I any... have no opinion. Do you really not? No, I don't know that I've seen one or seen all of one or any of that. No, not a big raker of moons. No. Here's what I've watched. I've watched like all the Pierce Brosnan ones because they came out when I was a teen. I've watched all uh all but the most recent one with Daniel Craig and I've watched Dr. No and From Russia with Love. That's like it. Mm. Well, all you need to know about the Roger Moore era Bonds is that they are the most ridiculous and comical <laughs> Bonds. Right? Which in my mind makes them the best Bonds. Now they're then they're also potentially the most sexist Bonds, but I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> those those Connery ones are pretty bad. Too. They really are. Uh, but anyway, so I've Googled Octopussy. Mm-hmm. What would you call it? Say we had a lady bond, like they're talking about on the internet, uh, and you wanted to redo this movie, but with gender flips. What would you call it? Because you can't call it Octopussy anymore. No, no. I think you would have to call it like Dick Bigson. Dick Bigson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to think of uh, the eight-dicked monster. well i don't think you need to change it like if if japanese tentacle porn has taught us anything anyway so go on with your question sorry so yes the 1983 the year of my birth what what the year of our birth yes this in the year of our birth 1983 yes it heralded our birth octopussy Mm -hmm. um i've googled it now, take your pick, Ran. Are you uh-huh. more of an IMDb girl, or are you more of a Rotten Tomatoes girl? As far as my movie reviews goes? As far as just your overall rating, who's who Who do you put more stock in? Um, I guess I'll say Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So, Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. has given a review for this movie. 
I'm guessing it's not good. The overall rating, I want you I'm going to give you an overall rating. Mhm. Tell me whether or not the rating is higher or lower than okay. the number that I give you. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes has given it a 36%. Is it higher or lower? Lower. Lower, Bob. Lower. Lower. I'm sorry. Rotten Tomatoes what? gave it a higher rating than 36%. It is 42%. 42%. Rotten Tomatoes. People like this one, I guess. Well, maybe not that much, but... <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a bunch of 1983 people that are keeping it afloat. Maybe so. They're like, this was the bond that I grew up in when I was a teen. Octopussy is my teen bond. Yes. He was He was your teen dream bond. <laughs> and now he's wholly... I like um, that Octopussy is evidently Bond's name now. I like it. I like it. No one's as dapper as Octopussy. <laughs> there was a recent dust-up or campaign or mm-hmm. petition mm-hmm. by Roger Moore to play Bond again. I had heard a little bit about that. How old is that fucker oh, now? Oh, he's got to be like 70s, Because right? if he was doing Bond in the year of our birth, 1983, and we're 30-something now, then he's yeah. got to be- Oh, yeah. Ancient. Like 60 or more? Or Roger Moore. <laughs> okay, so last up. Okay. In Know Your Google. The last question. Know Your Google. I have Googled Doc Ock. Oh, of course you did. As I'm sure you're aware. Mm-hmm. At one point in the comics canon, Doc Ock was threatening to marry Aunt May. Yes. To spite Spider-Man. Just to be a dick about it. And uh, in the 1979 issue, Spider-Man number 108, Mm -hmm. which I pulled up by Googling Doc Ock and shopping, (laughs) uh, give me a Price is Right style bid. Oh, shit. And I want you to be within within $5 without going over. Oh, man. This is- Of the price of this comic. This is some rough- noise up in here. All right, and this is 1979, Spider-Man number 108, with Aunt May and Doc Ock's potential wedding, in which Spider-Man objects on the cover, (laughs) no, this wedding will not take place. (laughs) To which Doc Ock replies, but it will, wall crawler, over your (laughs) dead body. Oh, can I make a mention before I do this guess? In the in the comics, Aunt May is always so fucking old. Like, how old are Peter Parker's parents when they have him? Well, she's she's gotten de-aged a lot recently. In the not, movies, I mean, not even in the movies too. Like in the comics too, she's she's portrayed as younger a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm just and and that one in particular, I know that she's like a wizened oh, old crone oh yes, here. She's wizened as hell. It's like she's your aunt, not your great aunt. <laughs> Jesus. Well, actually, she appears as a very uh, young, attractive, perky-breast redhead, but then she takes her necklace off, and she's just wizened as hell. <laughs> Secret reference. All right. So, Price is Right rules. I feel like I ought to guess either $1 or 999 if I'm playing by <laughs> Price is Right rules. I'll tell you what. I'll give you, I'll give you a cap here. Okay, please. All right. I'll give you a cap. $200, okay? $200. Okay? Between $0 and $200, guess within $5 of the actual price of this issue. I'm not going to win this. I'm going to say $99, Bob, $99. I'm sorry. The correct retail price of this item 
he says into his tiny stick microphone, mm-hmm. $3.99. $3.99. $3.99. Damn. Yeah. Is it a reprint? No, it is a an original copy, fair, uh, fair to very good uh Woo. condition. Man, that comics bust. I know, right? Perhaps they shouldn't have uh destroyed it in the nineties. In any case, I think uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Yes. And when we come back, we'll, well, I suppose not be on commercial break anymore, right? We will not. That is the way that ads work. Hey, ladies. We live an active lifestyle, and sometimes that means unwanted odors that should not be. I kept trying everything to rid myself of the flesh stench that permeated my very being. Gels, solids, sprays, nothing seemed to cover that pungent aroma of bacteria leaving their waste all around my meat husk. But that has all changed thanks to Cyberog Antiperspirant. Here's how it works. You contact your nearest Cyberog human repurposing center, and a team of clandestine agents will be dispatched to give you a friendly lift to our facilities. That'll save you time and gas. Once there, scientists will analyze your innately flawed, rotting tomb and identify problem areas. Then, they expertly and swiftly excise the diseased organic bits, replacing it with sleek, ergonomic alloys. This process is mostly painless for most, and the only side effect is the culling of the weak from the human herd. Gee, I smell great, and it's so easy. So if you want to shed that fetid vessel and all of its smells, contact CyberOg today. CyberOg, time is now an illusion. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed those commercials. I hope that you bought the products. I hope that the products don't kill you in the night. No, no, that would be a shame because uh, getting a refund would be, would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be difficult. Yeah. Sean on the boatman gives no refunds. <laughs> RJ, what do you want to go out on this week? Well, Rand, I I know I go out on this every week, but it will not cease to be true for me, which is everyone who listens to the show, retweets the links to the show, mm-hmm. reviews the show, says anything good about the show, just just or gives us any feedback whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. it really does mean a great deal to us. Yes. Uh, we're we're Reach. Yeah, we're on episode eight now, which means we've been doing the show for approximately two months now. Yep. And it's been a real uh a fun thing for us to do. Yeah. Uh it's been a great opportunity for you and I to just sit down and gab with one another mm-hmm. and make each other laugh and hopefully in the process make some of you out there laugh as well. I know I've seen reports of people laughing on planes <laughs> repeatedly at our podcast, which is pretty gratifying to me. Um, I actually did get a few emails this week. Oh, so yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh, that's Today nice. I got them. Well, I also heard tell of people laughing on boats, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Boat laughter yeah, is boat the best laughter. kind of laughter. Uh, captain Phillips was laughing, and <laughs> I told He's him He's the that, captain now. Yeah, I told him that I was the captain now, <laughs> the captain of laughs. <laughs> but no, um, in seriousness, I know I keep saying it, uh, and I'll keep saying it until it ceases to be true, which means... Never, absolute, ever. Absolutely never. 
I will never not go out with thanking you guys and girls for um, for listening to the show. Thank you guys so much. You are all precious angels in my heart. Yes. Only I, I'm going to say it more sincere than that. Oh, I meant it. <laughs> you are all my precious little fucking angels. Yes, you're all precious Nephilim to us. <laughs> uh, so, Rand, what would you like to go out on this week? Here's what I want to go out on. I want some contact with you other humans out there. Uh, I would like some emails. I got, as I said, I got some emails about some history stuff, which was cool. That is what I asked for last week. Uh, I will continue to ask for some history stuff, and I'm going to add another element. If you are a person who enjoys fantasy novels, I want you to tell me about a thing that happens in a fantasy novel that maybe somebody could possibly mistake for something that really happened. Not in the particulars, but maybe just in the general name of the thing. Yes, and once you've given her all of these tools with which to dismantle an RJ, yep, you can stand over my broken body and laugh to the gods. <laughs> I'll give you a shout out. I'll be like, me and my generals, these Ashley Quinn, who sent me some history stuff, other people who might send me some stuff. You will be the generals in my defeating RJ army. Yes, and I will have deserved it because of that time I totally cutseed in line to yes. go see Captain America's Civil War. <laughs> You're like, take that, children. <laughs> Leaps over their heads. So those that Twitter handle, for future reference, is at GovManPod. That email address is GovManPod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to reach either of us on Twitter, I'm at Upscale Hobo. And I'm at R-A-E underscore gun. Yep. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of Government Mandated Podcast. Just remember, Big Brother is watching you. And he thinks you're boring. You thought you could have a good podcast, but instead you have some sort of rambling nonsense where Rand's going like, ooh, all the time. That's okay. In my book, as long as Logan Smith likes it, it's all good. <laughs> hey, Logan. Thanks for following the podcast. Hey. You're good people. Logan, honestly, seriously, you're a great guy. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Ain't been good. You're so bad at phones. Yeah, now I understand why the football coach didn't want that song. It was it was too sassy for him. <laughs> he felt like the band was giving him the business. <laughs>